Every day is an opportunity for you to learn something that sets your home improvement or home services business apart from the competition. Let's make today one of those days. This is a podcast for home improvement and home services marketing. This is Built By. You've got to be adaptable. You've got to find a way to accommodate an uncomfortable customer. If you're not getting the home advisor leads in the first five minutes, you shouldn't even do it. Hopefully we're eating their lunch while they're trying to get back up and running. Hey, what's up, y'all? Matt here with Hatch and another episode of Built By. I hope everything's going awesome for you on this Thursday, March 4th. Very excited about today's episode, not only because is it one of my favorite partners that we have here at Hatch and WebRunner, um, it's also a very important topic, uh, probably like the most important topic we've talked about on this podcast. Now, I don't know if you've seen Apple's TV commercials come out recently about like privacy and security, and they're really honing in on these things. And that's because of the latest iteration of their operating system, iOS 14, which you've probably seen in the news. Um, it's releasing a lot of heavy updates to the way that users are being tracked that are using iPhones. As like a human outside of work, uh, I don't mind it. I'm not like an off the grid type guy that's going to move to the middle of the woods in a van, but uh, I don't use Facebook. I don't use Twitter. Um, I don't use any of those things just because I like kind of a little privacy. So I don't mind it. But at the same time as somebody who's in marketing and is like, their job to be omnipresent on a lot of these things. Uh, this is the worst thing to ever happen. Now it's kind of an overstatement, but um, there is not a lot of things that could impact a marketer as significantly as this update. So if you think about it, um, really the the platform that's getting hit hardest with this is Facebook. A majority of Facebook's users are using iPhones. This update is going to give them an option, iPhone users, when they're on Facebook, to click whether they want to be tracked or not and whether it wants their actions to be tracked. Now, as I said before, as a human outside of work, I would obviously pick uh, don't track anything that I do. So we're kind of at this crossroads right now to where um, a lot of people don't know what's going to happen. This update's going to come out in the spring. Um, I don't really know. I'm in marketing. It's my job to know. Hopefully my CEO isn't listening to this, but I swear I'm trying to read up on it. It's, it's very confusing and all of these things are, are happening so fast. And my savior, Ben Levesque from WebRunner, um, thankfully said, you know, he'd be open to doing this podcast today. So Ben is going to come on. Um, we talk a lot about iOS 14. That's really the bulk of today's topic because this is important and he is an open book for a lot of the stuff. And we're going to talk a lot about how this is affecting your marketing. So, and the most interesting aspect of this conversation today is that it's from the point of view of Ben, who kind of manages all of the ad portfolios for their clients. So he's got access to resources and he has access to more time than we do um, to learn more about this. He's been sitting in webinars with Facebook. He's been, you know, having conversations with Google, um, you know, Apple, all of these things. He has much more insight into, and it comes through clearly. Um, he does an amazing job of explaining it. So I'm very excited uh, for you to listen to what he has to say. And I promise the whole conversation isn't doom and gloom. Uh, we dive a little bit near the end into what WebRunner is seeing in the market today. 
Um, and be sure to stick around for Ben's last tip before we dip. It's some of the best advice I've heard on video marketing that you can apply to your business today. So with all of that being said, I'm going to go ahead and kick the episode off. Again, this is Ben Levesque with WebRunner. I hope you enjoy Webrunner was founded by uh, Mark and Kevin. Uh, so Mark Levesque, who's my brother here, um, and our friend Kevin Donnelly. Um, and I sort of came on a little bit after that. So I kind of started messing around with marketing uh, back when I was 17 years old, actually. So it's been 15 years now. I'm, I'm just about to turn 32. So about half of my life has been, you know, playing in this digital marketing environment. Um, and it's kind of funny how I kind of stumbled into uh, the role here at WebRunner. Um, when I was younger, I grew up playing hockey like every kid in Canada does. Um, I ended up being half decent at it. So um, when I was 16 years old, I kind of left home, um, played major junior here in the CHL, which is similar to you know the USHL that you guys have over there. And I found myself having a lot of free time. And that was around the time that Mark was getting involved in digital marketing. And he told me, he's like, you know, check out digital marketing. I think you'd find it interesting. So being that you know my mornings were dedicated to hockey i'd spend you know two hours on the ice another hour in the gym and then by 11 o'clock noon uh, my day was pretty much done um, other than on game days obviously but uh, i just found myself you know reading about digital marketing and really really enjoying it so i started learning about things like seo and ppc and facebook ads and email marketing and all that fun stuff and uh, just kind of fell in love with it i uh, became a real student of marketing started learning everything i could um, went on to university, it naturally went into marketing. Um, and then when I was done, um, WebRunner was just kind of starting up at that point when, when I started university. So I was helping Mark and Kevin out on the side, kind of like on a freelance, uh, you know, side gig thing. And uh, I just naturally kind of moved in with them. So I was kind of the third person in here at WebRunner. And initially we were just a digital marketing agency that did, you know, everything for everyone. We could do websites, we could do SEO, we did all that fun stuff. Um, but naturally, we evolved and we, re, you know, we realized that we really enjoyed working with contractors, uh, number one. And number two, we were getting some great results for them, and more specifically on the paid advertising side of things. So a few years back, we decided to really niche down, just serve that market. We started saying no to everyone else, which was kind of scary at first, um, but it's paid off and we're, you know, there's no looking back now. So we're kind of you know, all in on the home improvement industry. So that's kind of the origin story. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And and y'all do really, really good work. Um, you know, we were talking about this before we started, you know, the podcast. Um, you know, I, I love the content you guys do. And you're just very knowledgeable about everything when it comes to ads. And that's what naturally led me to want to have the, this discussion today about mm -hmm. uh, iOS 14, because I'm seeing, you know, e even Facebook has, they have a landing page dedicated to how this is going to affect the advertising. And I can't imagine being in your position as a marketing agency and, and as an ad agency, you know, this comes down the pipe. Now, could you give me like a, a just a general overview? Um, I, I don't quite 100 percent understand it. So, um, you know, what what your reaction was to this, how it's affecting you, um, you know, just a general overview of, of what this actually means. Absolutely. So um, to your point, it was definitely alarming. Um, a lot of our customers do rely on Facebook as, you know, a driver of leads for their business. It's a big chunk of, you know, the leads that they do get. 
Um, so it was definitely alarming at first, but after I kind of dove into it, um, attended some webinars from Facebook, um, some of the masterminds of a part of as well, um, kind of eased the pressure a little bit. Um, and maybe I'll kind of give you the broad strokes uh, of the way I kind of understand it, and then we can kind of dive into you know anything as we see fit here. So um, the way it's going to kind of work is, so this is an iOS update um, like any other, but its focus is on uh, privacy. So Facebook is uh, Facebook. Apple's rolling something out called App Tracking Transparency. That's going to be coming out with iOS uh, 14. It's been pushed to um, the springtime. So we got a few more months here. I mean, it's starting soon, but um, it's going to start rolling out. And basically what it means is every app that is part of the App Store is going to see a prompt uh, at some point. When someone tries to uh, open up that app on what you know their phone or their iPad, they're going to see a prompt. And the prompt is going to say, allow this app, so for instance, Facebook, allow Facebook to basically track you. And you have to choose yes or no. So it's really going to be that straightforward. Um, you know, they, made, they did some early tests, and they pretty much forecast that about 65% of iOS users are going to opt out of tracking. So basically say, no, I don't want to be tracked. Um, and just before we kind of jumped on this, this podcast here, I, I looked really quick through our accounts. One of the bigger accounts, um, we had a campaign that spent about $50,000 over a few months for a window uh, replacement contractor. And I just wanted to see for fun how much of the traffic was actually iOS traffic. Um, and it was about 40%. Wow. So almost half, um, you know, and I suspect it's like that across the board. So almost half of you know the traffic that we're getting through Facebook ads is coming in through an iOS device. So this is obviously you know a little bit scary, um, being that you know up to sixty-five percent of people may opt out from tracking, and that's somewhat of an issue because obviously Facebook is a data machine, right? And it needs data in order to perform effectively. And us as advertisers, we need that data as well to run ads, um, you know, effectively. It needs that data to optimize. So. If it's getting less signals from iOS users, if that tracking is being blocked, it's going to hinder the you know the delivery of ads. So that's like the big point. That's the big um, sticking point. We don't necessarily know how it's going to um, uh, how accounts are going to be impacted just yet because it's too early, and we need to see how many people actually opt out. Um, but it's definitely a big sticking point. Um, obviously, those people that allow the tracking, nothing will really happen to them. So we'll still be able to use the data. Um, as usual, it's really for that pool of people that decide to not be tracked. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. And you made a good point earlier about you know looking into one of your clients and then finding out that you know iOS traffic is is a huge bulk of that. Absolutely. So when it comes to you know when I get prompts all the time, um, I usually ignore tracking because I don't like yeah. watching me <laughs> sort of thing. For sure. Um, so it, it comes down to, um, you know, when, when you're setting up ads, you're being targeted based on your interests. Is that um, a piece of this? Is it, is it affecting that, the, the ads that get served based on, like, the other things that you like? Or is it more on the back end when you, um, you know, when you click through to an ad to a contractor's landing page or, or something along those lines? Yeah, so... I mean, Facebook is really being forced to overhaul the way their system works entirely because such a huge portion of their users are on iOS. So they're forced right now, they're using something called aggregated event measurement. That's their answer to this whole iOS change. And basically what that means is they are going to need to uh, restrict the data, aggregate the data, and delay the data. So what do I mean by restricted data? Restricted data means um, we're just going to get less data inside the ads platform, like I kind of alluded to before. 
Um, that's going to be the reality of it. We're not going to have as much data coming in because, you know, half of the people are on iOS, so it's going to be very uh, uh, limited. So restricted data. Then uh, aggregated means we won't be able to necessarily, um, you know, marketers like looking at the breakdown sometimes. So they'll look at the ads and say, okay, you know, people 18 to 24 are engaging with this ad and people in this location are engaging with this ad. We won't be able to do that anymore when it comes to iOS because um, the whole privacy issue, they don't want us to be able to see which specific person per se um, is interacting with said ad. So they're trying to just aggregate things uh, to give us a more broad view of the data. So breakdowns are gonna change a little bit. And then delayed uh, basically means uh, Apple's only gonna release the data within 24 to 48 hours. So we won't have real time data, which is the case right now, right? If something happens, shortly after it'll be inside the ads platform. So if a lead comes through, we'll have it fairly quickly inside the ads platform. Now it's gonna be delayed for a few days. So that's another another hiccup there. Yeah, interesting. So um, you, there's really two types of leads. Um, it's interest-based and kind of you know needs-based. So um, interest-based, I've heard, and this you've worked with some clients before, you're running some ad campaigns towards, you know, are you interested in like a home, you know, a bath and kitchen remodel, something along those lines? Um, versus a needs base, which is like, I need my roof repaired type thing. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to, I guess, the needs-based leads that come through, um, and I know there's not much of that on Facebook, but um, is that something you're saying will be affected by by iOS 14 when it comes to the leads coming in? Yeah, it'll be affected as well. Um, again, just because there's going to be less data. So Facebook's not going to know that those interests that you're talking about and all that information is based off of what people actually do on the platform. So which ads they click on, um, which websites they visit and all that stuff. So if you're limiting uh, limiting all that data because iOS is not letting you basically be tracked, right? You won't be able to, to be tracked anymore. Um, that, that big chunk of data is not going to be seen by Facebook. So it's going to be harder for Facebook to actually know who's interested in what um, and so on and so forth. So yeah, interest tracking would definitely be affected because of this change. Interesting. So for, you know, obviously companies that use you know, marketing agencies like WebRunner probably covered because you sounds like you've covered all the things. <laughs> I know we said we were going to get to in the weeds, but like I, I want to keep diving in further. But you know, we got to stay at kind of the surface level here. But um, you know, for teams that have marketers on staff that are kind of managing their ad budgets and, and running with these things, um, what are some things that they should be aware of and some kind of like you know things they should be thinking of putting in place right about now before this all hits in spring? Yeah, um, one thing I think the most important thing is to recognize that it's going to be volatile for a little while. It's not going to be, you know, Facebook's always had some level of instability just because it's, you know, more of an impression based platform. It's not like Google that's driven with, you know, demand. So there always has been some volatility, but it's going to be a little bit <laughs> increased or turned up over the next few months as more and more people either opt in or opt out to these, you know, iOS privacy changes. So um, whereas before we may run ads, you know, uh, for a few days with a few dollars, see how it does and then make changes. We won't necessarily be able to do that anymore. We're going to have to let things run for a longer period of time and really kind of look at things a little bit more holistically. So um, here internally, and I know other agencies are doing this as well, is we're paying a lot closer attention to what's going on inside the CRM. So in the back end, not, not necessarily what's going on inside the ads platform. Because the, the event data, so when people actually become leads, it's not always getting pushed back into the Facebook platform. So in order to make informed decisions, we need to be looking at 
uh, CRM data, seeing you know where those leads came from, using things like UTM tags to know exactly which ads are driving the results, which campaigns, and so forth. And we can use tools like Zapier to push all that information into the CRM so that we have a bit more of a you know holistic picture of how our Facebook ads are doing. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, the, the pressing things for people to do is um, Facebook recommends three things. So number one would be to verify your domain. So um, if you're running ads right now for your business, uh, you can just log into the ads manager. There's going to be a new tab right next to your campaign tab. Um, it's going to be called resources. If you click in there, it'll give you a quick walkthrough of basically what I'm going to share with you now. Uh, but step one is to verify your domain. So they want you to do that. Um, just to associate your pixel to your domain. Um, it has a lot to do with the new kind of conversion windows they're rolling out, which I won't get into because it's a little complicated. Um, but basically step one is verify that domain. So they'll give you a code, a uh, piece of JavaScript. You'll have to just upload it to your website. Um, if you have a developer, they'll know how to do that. It's really easy. It takes about a minute. Once that's verified, then you're gonna want to prioritize your events. And this is where as home improvement, um, you know, contractors and advertisers of the home improvement industry, um, we're a little bit lucky in a sense that we are advertising for leads for the most part. So that's the, the one thing we're really after. So we only have, you know, for the most part, one event that we're optimizing for. Um, whereas e-commerce stores, they have a lot, they have add to cart, they have initiate checkout, they have, you know, payments, they have different products. So it's a little bit more complicated. Um, but for us, our main event is lead. So step two is really to prioritize that lead event. So it may be done by default. Facebook is looking at how much money you've spent on ads so far, and it's going to basically prioritize the event you've been trying to optimize for the most. So I suspect that for most of you guys, um, this will already be done by default. That lead event will be prioritized first. But if it's not, you will have to uh, you know, set whatever you value as most important to your business as the number one event on that list. And you're gonna have a maximum of eight. So that's a new rolling change that's coming out. You can only um, have eight events that you'll be optimizing for, and you have to rank them in order of importance. And again, that resource tab will walk you through how to do this. There's links in there that you just click on, and it's very simple to set up. Awesome, awesome. So I know that some home improvement um, companies use kind of a mix. Some of them use uh, you know, when somebody clicks through an ad, it takes them to their, you know, website landing page. They fill out the form there for, for whatever. Um, some of them also use like Facebook's like internal um, form that pops up whenever somebody clicks an ad. Um, have you seen any difference there? Is there one that would actually be better to go with moving forward with this whole new update? Um Absolutely. So I am not a fan of lead ads. I'll be just blunt and honest with you. Um, actually, no one in the office here is just because the quality that you get through lead ads is never um, as good as it will be with a landing page. You will get more leads, more volume by using lead ads because it's easy to submit that form, right? You're keeping the person on Facebook. It's pretty much a one-click submit. Uh, very easy. Um, but sometimes you tend to get unqualified leads or people who did it by mistake. And we, we hear that a lot. We have some customers that come in and are adamant about trying it. We try it and then it's, it's turned off fairly quickly because the landing pages uh, side of things works a lot better. We're able to control, uh, you know, kind of pre-frame the prospects, show them why, you know, they should be signing up for whatever it is we're marketing or promoting. Um, and it just makes for a much hotter, more qualified lead. Um, it tends to be a bit more expensive um, but the leads are much better quality. And at the end of the day, you should be looking at your customer acquisition cost rather than your lead cost. 
So um, we're, we opt for landing pages uh, all the time, pretty much 99% of the time, I would say. And I don't foresee that changing with these new changes. It's going to be the same thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, long-term projections. And it sounds like the only thing that everyone knows is what's going to happen is just pure chaos, like right when the switch flipped or whatever. But I mean, long-term, and, and you and your team looking out you know, ahead, once everything kind of settles down, um, you know, what, what is, what is kind of the long, what's the long play here? Is it, you know, should contractors just be prepared to get, you know, to, to measure the effectiveness of their marketing differently long-term? Um, or is it, you know, some, you know, some other, you know, aligns there? Yeah, I think you're, you're bang on there that we need to start looking at things. And I spoke about it a little bit earlier, a little bit more holistically. And we've had it good so far in, in the Facebook Ads Manager. Everything, you know, has been lined up properly. We had a lot of data being fed into the platform, so it made our job much easier. Uh, I feel like we're kind of going a few years back to how the, the Facebook platform used to be. So I started using it when it came out in 2007. And it was really rudimentary. <laughs> So I feel like we're just maybe going back a few years in time um, with what we have access to and, and the, the um, I would say, the strength of their machine learning algorithm. Um, but at the same time, I can bet I can bet you all the money I have that Mark Zuckerberg's got his top engineers working on this problem right now, trying to figure it out because you know, they obviously make their revenue from their advertising platform. And if advertisers like us, as well as the bigger advertisers, um, you know, can't make it work anymore with these new changes, um, we're going to jump ship and we're going to turn to other platforms like Google and YouTube and whatnot. So um, they have their top guys on it. I'm sure they're going to come up with a way to kind of make this work. I think the answer right now is to just kind of weather the storm, um, you know, being that the, the machine learning is going to be affected a little bit, maybe double down on your creatives. So spend a lot of time on putting out some, some good ads. Um, at the end of the day, you're still going to be able to get in front of your ideal prospects. You just won't have that tracking component to it. So, like I said, there's gonna be some under-reporting, right? You won't see the leads in the actual platform, but they, there will still be leads coming in. So that's kind of what um, the takeaway is for me is, you know, status quo for, for right now. Uh, fingers crossed that the, the team at Facebook kind of figures it out, but um, it is what it is. As markers, we kind of got to deal with it. Yeah, always always got to be prepared for whatever may come. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, shifting gears to a uh, much happier topic. <laughs> uh, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier, like y'all you, have been doing some amazing things. And, Thank you. Appreciate it. And, um, you know, I would just love to hear kind of an overview of what you've been seeing so far this year um, compared to, you know, coming out of last year a, a little bit better than we had expected when it comes to lead flow. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how are, how are things looking on your end uh, for some of the clients that you're working with? Yeah, so I mean, the whole pandemic, like you said, was a little bit of a wrench in our plans. We didn't know how things were going to go, how lead flow was going to be impacted. Um, it did turn out for the better. I think people were, especially for the home improvement industry, people were stuck at home. You know, they wanted to renovate their kitchen because they were in it all day. They wanted to renovate their basement because they were in it all day, you know, so that helped lead flow big time for sure. Um, January and February of this year was a little bit slower as uh, seasonality, especially for our contractors that have to deal with the winters, but that's, it's like that every year. So it wasn't too alarming. Um, right now in March is when it really picks up for everyone. Um, so we're kind of uh, working on that right now, all hands on deck on the accounts, um, getting some new creatives up and running and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of lead flow, it's, it's just about to pick up now and, um, yeah. 
That's awesome. So um, I see that some home shows are starting to come back. Mm-hmm. That's one major point of emphasis for a lot of companies when it comes to lead gen. Um, with home shows being canceled last year, and this is just a general thing I'm interested in and how you guys approach this. Um, did you find that, uh, you know, digital was the way to kind of fill that stopgap of leads that you, you know, that a lot of these companies expected to come in? Did they put a lot of money there? See, see absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So we, we noticed a lot of budget um, just being moved, moved around. So the traditional stuff, like the conferences and stuff that were canceled, a lot of that budget was, was shifted to digital. And it was kind of a um, blessing in disguise because at the same time, there were a lot less advertisers on the platform. A lot of the bigger advertisers due to the pandemic uh, were just kind of just sitting back and not really doing anything, kind of waiting it out. So the CPM, so the cost per thousand impressions um, across the board were, were much lower. So essentially the cost of advertising for all of our customers were much lower. So we had some contractors who were, uh, who were really aggressive when it comes to things like that. And they were really giving us like just the green light uh, for their budgets, just basically spend as much as we could. Um, and, you know, as long as the leads came in at the right cost, but we had uh, a lot of leeway in that sense, which was, which was fun. That's awesome. Has it carried over to this year from? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's still lower than it was, I would say last year, uh, pre-pandemic, um, but it's slowly starting to get back there as more and more competition kind of, you know, gets back in, uh, but it's still, it's still below what it should be had the pandemic not happened. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. That's really all the questions I have, but I love to wrap this up with, you know, um, kind of a segment, whatever you want to call it, called last tip before we dip. So mm-hmm. what's the number one piece of advice you would give to, you know, contractors, marketers, anyone in the industry um, when it comes to anything related to marketing, not, e- not even just iOS 14? Yeah. So um, I would say the number one tip is uh, video. Obviously, you've heard that one a lot, but I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. Um, video is huge for all of our contractors right now that are, are leveraging Facebook um, there's kind of two types of videos that are really crushing it. And number one would be the educational videos. So three to five minutes in length where you're really kind of explaining um, and educating prospects. So for instance, why um, you know fiberglass windows may be more energy efficient than vinyl. So a three to five minute video on that kind of showcases your expertise. It establishes you as an authority in your market. Um, those types of videos really, really crush it. Number two would be um, the complete opposite of that. So really short videos. So we're seeing a lot of success with 15 second videos and those uh, fit really well across all placements, which is why we like them. So they they work well on Facebook, on Instagram, on the audience networks. You can kind of put them everywhere and without changing them much and they they really do well. So those types of videos would be focused on one specific benefit of your product or of your installation process or whatnot, Uh, maybe an offer, but you just have one message and you can make a lot of these and kind of just roll them out and, and run them at all times. And maybe another pro tip here is I see a lot of contractors, um, you know, that we work with, we coach them on what types of videos to put out there. Um, but, you know, they spend so much time creating these videos and then they slap like, you know, their their logo on the first few seconds, right? And it just, it shows their logo for five, 10 seconds. No one is watching that. So we have to edit out a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, I think it's just, common nature to want to put your logo front and center, right? For the branding, branding aspect of it. But you always have to consider those first three seconds as the hook to your marketing message. Um, if you can't hook the prospect, they're not going to watch the rest of your video. So those first three seconds are the most important thing. And we even go as far as 
you know, taking that one educational video and then changing the first three to five seconds, making different variations. So we might make four or five different uh, variations, the beginning parts, and just running those, and they will do wildly different. Um, so that's kind of a pro tip there is to, you know, you're spending so much time working on one video, uh, put together some different intros to that video and really give it some legs so that you can run it a lot longer. And you'll see that certain hooks will work much better than others. So, yeah, that's all. That's a great tip. And, you know, it's a great callback to when you said like, this is the time really to invest in your creative and really take creative ways to get in front of your audience. So that's a great tip. Um, you know, Ben, thanks so much. For, I always love having conversations with you and the team over there just because it, the the like breadth of knowledge you guys have is incredible. But um, so let's say the listeners want to learn more about WebRunner or you, um, where should they go? I know you mentioned there's some contractor resources when it comes to iOS 14 and some other things. Yeah, so you can head over to webrunnermedia.com. Um, on the blog there, we got a ton of useful stuff. Uh, we also have a really, really good YouTube channel uh, where we interview, you know, technology partners like Hatch and a lot of other cool, cool um, uh, people that teach stuff to contractors. So. Uh, definitely YouTube. And then if you want to learn more about, you know, our services and how we can help you get more leads and grow your business, um, you can book a demo at webernermedia.com. Just click the book a demo button. Awesome, man. Cool. Um, I'm going to go check out YouTube. And do you have any uh, hockey highlights up on there? <laughs> I might. I might actually. <laughs> yeah, there might be a few up there. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. Well, cool. thanks again for joining. And um, yeah, until next time. I appreciate it, Matt. Take care.